Are we, are we on? Amen. Praise God. How's everybody doing? Everybody doing good? Awesome. Give me a second here. I think, um, I think you were right, uh, um, Frank. I think I do need a little bit more room. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to grab this one here real quick. Lucas and I will grab it and... Um, I'm sorry, folks. Just uh, some readjustment here, real quick. Oh man, this is awesome. This is perfect. Got a place for my glasses here. Got a place for my phone. Wow. You know, um, well, let's ask the Lord to bless our time. Father, I just thank you so much for. <clears throat> For gathering us here today again, Father God, to hear your word, to hear a message, to just seek, Father God, what you would have for us and what you require from us, Father God, on this Sunday. We ask, Father God, that you would just bless and minister to our hearts as, um, as a servant, Father God, just tries to convey the message that you would have for us through your word. Father, I pray that you would bless our time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> I want to talk this morning a little bit about healing because, you know, healing is uh, something that we don't think about until we're actually in a position where we are either hurting or doctor, a nurse, a pharmacist, tells us that we have, you know, some common disease or some, something that is infecting us or affecting us otherwise to be able to operate or function properly, you know. And a lot of times, you know, we take that for granted. We take our health for granted. Uh, case in point, you know, with my diabetes, I know, I know that, uh, you know, I should be taking better care of myself. And yet, you know, I continue to indulge in those, you know, baby roots, you know, the bite size. Those are good. <laughs> or the flavored drinks, you know, like a grape juice or maybe an orange juice, you know. And, and everything is good, you know, in, 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 in moderation, as they say. But sometimes, you know, we just, or I shouldn't say we, I don't know, but I tend to go overboard. And I may, you know, do more than I should. And then I don't take time to thank the Lord, you know, for his sustenance, you know, and, and, and giving me the ability to continue to operate and function and not have, you know, uh, the side effects that would normally come, you know, to a diabetic that does that. And I know that, you know, if I continue, my end result is going to be one of the, uh, you know, many tragedies that diabetics, you know, come across. But, but healing, you know, is something that, um, that uh, as I was saying earlier, we just, we just, I take it for granted. 
or or um, you know thinking that you know I'm above that that I'm not going to get affected you know by my circumstances and so I see you know as I as I continue to seek the Lord and and let me just say this uh, Lucas where's Lucas at did he leave he left us but you know I I really I really enjoy when I come here and and visit with you folks when I hear him because his heart is is definitely, you know, about repentance and about, you know, the narrow gate and, and this, that, and the other. And I see the church across the board, you know, and um, I run into a lot of people that um, think they've got it made. That because we're coming to church, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, our, our health spiritually is, is okay. I came to church today, and so I ask them. I get involved in their in in their in conversation, and I ask them, "What what else are you doing outside of the Sunday to you know continue to prepare yourself for this journey that we're on?" Because you know, and no, no nothing. I just I just come to church on Sunday. Uh, I'm a good person. I'm uh, you know I, I'm doing okay. And so, um, you know, that's a uh, that's an issue that we need to that we need to, uh, or, or I should say that I need to focus on because you know sometimes I can be very ungrateful to the Lord. I can I can just say, well, Lord, you know, you you put me in this position, so therefore, you know, I should be doing okay. And God. You know, is saying, I require more of you. I want more of you. And we normally, you know, skip over the uh, the verse in First John, or excuse me, Third John, chapter one, where it says, "Beloved, I pray that you prosper in all things. Not that you prosper in just some things. Not that you that you're doing well, you know, health wise." in this area, not that you're doing well spiritually wise in this other area, but that you prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Sometimes people will have life-changing experiences. And as a result of that experience, they will turn their life around and they will become involved and active in Areas, you know, that they feel like maybe I'm called to do this. Case in point, you know, um, my drug addiction for over 35 years. You know, the Lord healed me from that. He broke that change of bondage, you know, that I had. So now what are we doing? We need to be involved with the drug addict. He's calling me to be involved with the addict, the guy that's in jail, the guy that's homeless. Why? Because I've experienced that. And yet, to my shortcoming, I have failed the Lord in that area because I've done it not as diligently as he would have required me of. And so, we, I fall in an area where, you know, when it comes to the Bema seat, He's going to ask me, what happened there? 
you know. I remember um, being out in Seal Beach one day before I was a believer. And needless to say, you know, I was um, intoxicated not only with, with beverage, but with controlled substances. And there was a kid, his name is Mark, and he was out there swimming, and there had, I think it was right around 84 or 86, whenever the, um, the Whittier earthquake was, or the Northridge earthquake. I forget which earthquake, we, we have so many. But it was like a few days or a few weeks after the earthquake. And anyways, at Seal Beach, there was riptides. And Mark got caught up in one of those riptides. And I could just hear him and see him waving his hand. So, hero Jesse is going to go out there and save a life. And I went out there, you know, and I, and I, and I swam out to Mark, and I was, I was uh, trying to reach out to him, and I did reach him, but we both caught up in this riptide. And I, was, I remember I was just swimming and paddling and stro stroking, you know, and I just gave up. And we both started sinking. And then... Like in the cartoons or, you know, you, you, you literally see your life flash before you as you're, you know. And uh, I saw episodes of my life and I said, I am not going to die this way. And I grabbed Mark, literally I grabbed him by his head, by his hair. And we pulled each other up. And we were so far out that the uh, lifeguards came out on a boat to get us and took us to the Huntington uh, Memorial. Because we've been, you know, swallowed so much water, we're just a mess. You would think that my life style would have changed at that moment or that year or that month or that week. But it didn't. We were right, I was right back at it. And so I demonstrate this attitude of ungratitude. This thing, you know, it's like, um, you know, I'm working with... Uh, I'm working with a lot of 30-somethings and 20-somethings, you know? And man, I tell you, and, and not, to, not to, you know, jab Lucas or anybody, you know, that's in that age group, but you know what? Um, the millennials, the millennials, they, um, they're lacking. They're lacking a lot. And so I come in there, you know, and I, 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 I share, you know, I, I, I like to bring in cucumbers. And, you know, at a certain time of the day, you know, I put the, the tahini and the lemon, you know, and I make a big plate, you know, and I pass it around. And, everybody, oh. and I've noticed just about everyone there, it's really, you know, they don't share. They don't say thank you. There's no gratitude. There's no, you know, it's about me, me, me. And we forget that, you know what, in the church, and some of them, a lot of, I should say a lot of them, claim to go to church. And we forget that the church isn't about me, me, me. It's about you, you, you. What can I do for you today? How can I serve you today? But we forget about that. And so this morning, I want to talk to you a little bit about this guy they had an issue who the Lord Jesus, you know, touched. And he went away. 
But then he realized, hey, he made me well. He's working on me. Even as I continue to walk, he's, he's working on me and, and I'm doing well. And he turns around and he goes and he gives Jesus thanks in his own way. And I think that that's what we should be able to do from time to time. Just examine ourselves. What is God doing in our life? Where is he healing me in this area? Because even if it's not physical ailment, it could be a spiritual ailment. You know, confusion comes into our lives. The enemy is ready to just throw in a wrench, as they say, and all of a sudden, you know, you're like, what? I thought I was doing well. I thought I was taking care of business. I thought the steps that I was taking were the right steps ordained from God. And whether they are or not, that wrench will allow us, or that circumstance will allow us to really examine ourselves and ask ourselves, Am I really walking in the precepts of God would have me walk in? Do I want church? Do I want ministry? Do I want, I don't know, you fill in the blank. For me and me only? Or am I being, you know, effective in the things of God and saying, hey, you know what? I am being, am, am I following, you know, I don't know, Ephesians or 1 Peter or Titus, whether you're married, single, or otherwise. Am I being the deacon that the Bible calls me to be? Am I being the leader that the Bible calls me to be? Am I being the husband that the Bible calls me to be? Or where am I falling short? Because God will allow those things to come into our lives and, and shake us up a little bit. Why? Because you know what? In tribulation, we develop patience. And then we seek him more diligently. But it's not until we have an, inf uh, an affliction. It's not until we, we, we have something that's troubling us or bothering us that we call out to God. Just like Paul said. Paul says, hey, I have this thorn in the flesh. God, can you remove it? And three times he asks for it. And finally God says, no. My grace is sufficient. So, I want to ask you this morning, who here has experienced a healing in their life, physical or otherwise? Anybody? Emotions, amen, amen. Anybody else? All right, we can we can interject today.
Amen. Amen. Yes. Anybody else? You've heard this story before. I know that um, some of you will probably even get bored hearing it again, but I suffer from chronic back pain where the pain would literally just lay me out and I couldn't move. And so I went to the doctor one day and they took an x-ray of my back and my back is, you know, the spinal cord and then he does like, a, like an inverted question mark. He goes down and then he goes out and then down again. And the doctors are like, well, you know, maybe with, with, uh, with uh, surgery or this, that, or the other, or you're going to be looking at a chiropractor the rest of your life. I'm like, okay, which, is, which I was. But there was moments when I would be paralyzed by that, and I just, I couldn't move. I'd have to lay out, literally. And so one day I'm at the men's rehab home, and um, my back acted up. But at the men's rehab home, they don't care what you're going through other than the addiction that you're trying to, you know, defeat. So they say, well, you know what? You still have to go to work. And working meant, you know, going to the food bank. And, uh, you know, I used to put pallets together and this and that on Wednesdays, you know, the ch different churches, you know, in the San Marino and, and Riverside area will come through and get their, their food stuff. And I'm sitting there in a big crate of oranges, and all I could do was this. And put oranges in these bags, because that's all I could do. So the lady says, uh, one, one of the guys says, hey, mom is here. And mind you, by that time, I'm still going through the program, but I'm not saved. My mind is wretched. My words, every third word is, you know, blankety blank. And so they're saying, hey, mom is here. And mom has the gift of, she moves in the gift of healing. And I smirked. You know, and even through that smirk, God says, I'm going to oversee that. I'm going to overlook your attitude because you are a chosen vessel. So I smirked and like, yeah, whatever, you know. So the lady comes over and she says, hi, my name is, I forget her name. She goes, everybody calls me mom. And uh, she's like, Jesse, right? I say, yeah, they told me that you have a, uh, an issue with, with your back and the Lord wants to heal you. And I said, oh, he does, huh? I said, okay. So then she says, would you like me to pray for you? I said, no, that's good. I'm good. And she asked me a couple of times, you know, and finally I conceded. I said, okay, lady, pray for me, you know? So she held me, you know, kind of like in, a, in my sick mind in a provocative way, you know? And uh, she started rubbing my back. And she started rubbing all the way to this part right here. And of course, you know, my thoughts were somewhere else. And she stops. I mean, this was, now that I understand this, it's like, Holy Spirit, you're too much. She looked at me right in the eye, and she says, you're hindering the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to heal you, and you're hindering it. And you're, you know, you have to, you know, think and be, you know, I don't know what she said, but anyway, she says, you know, you, 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 you're, uh, you're hindering the Holy Spirit and your thoughts need to be in the healing process. So I didn't know what that meant, but anyway, long story short, she prayed for me and stuff and she was rubbing my back. And I remember when she got done, she was sweating profusely. I've never seen a lady sweat this much. But she was sweating and, you know, and, and she was holding me. She's like, hold me as if you're holding your mom. 
So I did, and I remember as she was praying for me, I started crying. But she prayed for me. And when she was done, she was sweaty and this and the other. And I'll tell you what, as God is my witness, I have not had a back issue since that week. And this was in 2001. She prayed for me. So there's healing power in the Holy Spirit. Amen? There's healing power. You know, either physical, mental, spiritual, you know. The Word of God, you know, when you're going through circumstances, sometimes we go through circumstances and the only thing we have is the Word of God. I, I know because, you know, I've talked to a few people, you know, in the church going through circumstances and people that I thought what evidently, you know, inevitably reach out to me, they, 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 they didn't. But you know what? God's word is comforting. God's word is consoling. God's word is what's going to have you stand in that day, you know, when nothing else seems, you know, when there's no hope. God's word is, is true. People often ask if God is such a loving God, why does, he, why does he allow, you know, these things to happen? You know, pain, suffering in the world. I don't know. I don't think anybody has an answer for that. A possible explanation could be that God has a great purpose in man's sufferings, that he uses sufferings to bring the sufferer to know his amazing grace, as I mentioned. But I don't know why he allows it. You know, why did he allow the devil to mess with Job, you know? And the beauty of this is, listen, our circumstances, you know, man, we're going through this all over again. I've been in this valley. I found myself, you know, here. Joy Christian Center has found themselves here. And it's awesome to see that, you know what, those that are still here are the remnant. And God has something for you guys. God has you know, a purpose and a plan. And sometimes, you know, even though we don't see the big picture, we're like, man, what are we going to do? Well, don't do what you want to do because, you know, you probably mess that up. Do what God wants to do. Seek the Lord. Amen? Because his amazing grace is awesome. In Second Corinthians, as I said earlier, 12, chapter 12, 7 through 10, I don't know if we have that up there. But uh, Paul was speaking to the Lord. And he says, Lord, Lord. He says, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger. Did you get that? A messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. So we know that when, you know, God allows something is because, you know, the enemy is probing. The enemy wants to make a test. The enemy wants to find out what are we really made out of. And God will allow it. God will allow it because God also wants to, you know, not, not that he tempts us, but that he tests us and he wants to know where we are in our walk. Another explanation could be that God has a great purpose in man's sufferings, that he uses sufferings to allow the sufferer to look 
For what? The blessed hope. Because sometimes, you know, we just get bombarded with, you know, stuff that comes in our lives or, or something, you know, an inexplicable thing happens in your life or you don't see it coming and all of a sudden you get, you know, broadsided and you're like, where did that come from? And it can devastate you. It can paralyze you. I can tell you for a fact that, you know, hard, hard trials can paralyze you for days upon days. I've gone through a trial where, you know what, it's been a week before I could even get out of bed. Crying and seeking the Lord and asking him, why is this happening to me? And he says, why not? Why not? This is a trial. And whatever the circumstance, this is a trial that's drawing you close to me. So don't seek for the outcome. Seek for me. He wants us to look for his blessed hope. The hope that only he can provide. Amen? Romans 5, 3-5 says, And not only that, Romans 5, 3-5, and, and not only that, but we also glory in what? Okay, it's not up there yet. It's okay. We also glory in tribulations. We also glory in tribulations. Knowing that the tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance character. You might want to put Romans 5, 3 through 5 up there if you have it. Thank you. Because it produces perseverance. Next verse, please. And perseverance, character. And character produces what? Hope. Hope. And that's not the, 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 the worldly hope. We've talked about this before. I know I've shared it before. It's not the, the worldly hope. It's like, oh, man, I hope, you know, I have a good day today. Or I hope, that, you know, this is... This is the word in the Greek. It's, it's elpis. E-L-P-I-S. Elpis. And that means, you know, uh, it means um, the confident expectation of something good. That's, that's a guarantee. God says, I'll give you elpis. I'll give you hope. You know? And that hope is something, it's a confidence you know, of knowing that you're expecting something for a better outcome. When we lose all hope, hey, listen, when Paul and Silas were imprisoned, what were they doing? Were they calling the bell bonds guy, you know, or were they calling the attorney saying, hey, dude, you know, what were they doing? You guys remember? Acts chapter 4? Singing. Singing. You know? Why? Because they had they had at peace hope. They knew that, you know what? God is in control of all this. Not me. God is. And that's awesome. Character and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint. Verse, the next verse. 
Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Holy Spirit was given to us. You guys remember that? Jesus says, hey, I'm going to leave. But when I leave, I'm going to send the comforter, you know. And he's going to be in charge of, you know, giving you, you know, conviction, direction. You guys remember that? And so we have the Holy Spirit that is given to us. And that's why we have the hope. Amen. And this afternoon, I just want us to look, to look at, or this morning, rather, I want us to look at 10 men that received their healing and their attitude of gratitude is so perplexing. Kind of like my attitude of gratitude, as I shared earlier in the beginning of this message. That Jesus even has to ask a rhetorical question. So if you have your Bibles and you want to open them up, please open them up to the book of Luke, chapter 17. And we're going to read 11 through 19. If you have that up on the screen, we'll go ahead and read it. And he says, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Next verse. Next verse, please. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. Why? Why were lepers staying afar off? You guys know that? Bible students? Hmm? The law. Because they couldn't come in proximity to other human beings. They had to stand out. And back in that day, when they, were, when they were walking through certain areas, they had to keep calling out, unclean, unclean. So the people that would see them knew that they were unclean and they would stay away. You know? It's almost like I was doing a message at one of the men's homes, you know, and I used this verse and I... And, and I said, it's like me going around saying, you know, drug addict, drunkard, drug addict. By the way, I was always a drunkard. I was never an alcoholic. Okay? Alcoholics go to the meetings. I never went to meetings. So I was a drunkard. And I said, a drunkard, drunkard, you know. And so they had to say, you know what, unclean, unclean. You know, they stood far off. Next verse, please. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have what? Mercy on us. Isn't it awesome that even today, Jesus still has mercy on us? He's still a Jesus. He's still a God of mercy. So he says, have mercy on us. Next verse, please. So then, so when he saw them, he said to them, go. Show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, what happened to them? They were cleansed. God will take any circumstance, and he won't have to say, come here, let's have a chat. Let me see what's going on with you. What's happening? He can just say, hey, go. Go show yourselves to the priests. Go show yourselves to those that you have offended. Go show yourselves to those that, in my case, you know, my family. Go show yourselves to those that you have lied to and stole from 
and cheat it and let them see you. Let them see that, you know what, something different is about you. And so it says, as they went, they were cleansed, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, what did he do? He returned. And with a loud voice, glorified God. Next verse. And fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And look who he was. He was a Samaritan. Bible doesn't say that the other ones, the other nine, were believers, Jews, or anything like that. It just makes the it just makes the um, the scripture tell us that this guy that came back was a Samaritan. And Samaritans in that day they were considered, you know, less than human beings. They were considered, you know, a population that the Jews had nothing to do with them. In fact. To get to Jerusalem, you would have to go through Samaria. You know, if you want to beat some time, you're going to take the shortcut, if you will. But the Jews, out of pride, arrogance, and whatever else is in their heart, they would not go through Samaria. They would go around, making the journey longer. But because, you know, they hated the Samaritans so much, they would, you know, make that. It wasn't even a sacrifice. To them, it was like, I'm not going through Samaria them dogs, as they would call them. So this guy, to give thanks to the Lord, was a Samaritan. Listen, if you don't find that awesome in this scripture, I think that's pretty awesome. I read this scripture so many times in my life, or in my, in my walk, I should say. It never stood out to me. This guy was a Samaritan, man. This guy, out of, out of anybody of those ten, could have said, you know what? Thank you. Whatever. Thank you, Lord, for pulling me out of that ocean and not really letting me drown. Thank you. But whatever. Thank you, Lord, that you, you, know, you finally got that monkey off my back after 30-some years, and, you know, and I'm no longer addicted to crack cocaine. But whatever. Thank you, Lord, that all those years that I would wake up in somebody's neighborhood with my back tires on the curb and my front tires on the street, and I'd be laying on the, on the, on the trunk of my car wondering, where am I at? And I didn't kill anybody or kill myself, but whatever. This guy comes back and falls at his feet, giving him thanks. Next verse. And Jesus answered and said to him, We're not ten cleansed. Jesus knows. Jesus sometimes will ask us a rhetorical question. You know? And we have to allow that in, in our lives. It's only fair that Jesus will say, Were there not ten of you? Where's the, where's the other nine? 
And this guy had a perfect opportunity to say, well, Lord, you know, I'm just, you know, I don't know about them. You know, they probably have issues. And, and, and it's so easy for us to point fingers and start saying, well, maybe because he's going through the whatever. But he says, hey, were they not ten cleansed, but where are the other nine? Is there another verse? He says, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? God doesn't, Jesus doesn't even call him, you know, a, a, a Samaritan or, you know, any other derogatory name. He just says, this foreigner. And then verse 19. And he said to him, arise. Go your way because your faith has made you well. What makes us well? Our faith. What cleanses us? Our faith. Because if I would have been one of those ten and Jesus says, hey, go show yourself. I'm like, well, wait a minute, Jesus. I need, I need, you know, Jesus, heal me from my diabetes. Okay, well, go and show yourself to your physician. No, no, wait a minute. I, you don't understand. I need, I, I need metformin. I need glipicide. I need insulin. I need something, you know, to show my, my doctor that, you know, these guys, they just go. Why? Because they walk, or at least this guy. The other nine, I don't know what happened to them. If they got cleansed, and because of lack of faith, their disease came back, we don't know. Scripture doesn't say. But this guy, Jesus says, go your way. He's at his feet. He says, hey, arise. Go your way. Your faith has made you well. That's awesome. Today we don't hear much about the dreaded disease. Leprosy, you know, as we know, was uncurable in that day. And a lot of times, you know, we go through circumstances or trials that, you know, we just don't know. If the Lord's going to cure, if the Lord's going to, you know, if we're going to find favor with the Lord. But we do know this, that our faith is very important. Because what does um, Hebrews say in chapter 11? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Notice the words that are in there. Notice how the words kind of just tie in to what we talked about just a few minutes ago. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What does that mean? What does that mean to us? Hope is the evidence of things hoped for. Excuse me. Hope, hope is a substance, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If I'm hungry, say like I'm really hungry right now, and, and I give Joe, and I take out a $5 bill, and I start biting and chewing my $5 bill, that'd be kind of dumb, right? But if I say, hey, Joe, here's $5. Will you go get me a, a burger combo? And Joe says, yeah, I'll go get you a burger combo, right? I gave Joe the substance of that that is hoped for. And the evidence is still there that I have not seen. 
I gave Joe my $5 bill saying, I know that this is a substance that's going to bring me my hamburger combo. And even though I haven't seen it, I know I'm going to receive it. And Joe will come back and say, you owe me two more dollars because value meals are now $6.95. So, you know, that's awesome. That is the evidence of things hoped for. Listen to these messages and I'll leave you with this. I know it's getting late for you folks. Jesus will always meet us where we are. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of the uh, Samaria and Galilee and then he was entered into a certain village. There he met ten men. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Joy Christian Center, you find yourself again in a circumstance where you found yourself months ago, and maybe the hope, the disillusion, maybe the the the, the maybe the picture has been, you know, crumbled before you. I don't know. But God says, you know what? I will give you rest. Revelation twenty two seventeen says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires a drink freely from the water of life, come. We have to follow our circumstances and pray on our circumstances as they, as they come our way. But we have to not lose focus. Who is in charge? Is it the messenger of Satan going like this constantly? And I'm over here doing ministry. And you know what, bro? The Lord, Lord loves you. And you know, he delivers. And, so and constantly, he's like this. And after a while, I'll tell you, you know what? If you do this on your own, go home after a while and do this for yourself. And do it five minutes. And tell me if you can last the five minutes. It gets burdensome. It gets, you know, it, it, man. It irritates. It distracts. And God says, you know what? My grace is sufficient. Thank you, Lord. Jesus can fix us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go, show yourselves to the priest. And so it was. You know? He can fix us. Even when we're going through the trial. You guys know the story of... Um, I don't, have, I don't have it with me. I left it at home. But my little Bible, you guys heard the testimony of my little Bible? When I was homeless in L.A. And this guy gives me the Bible. And he says, hey, you know what? I'm going to give you this Bible. Just read it and blah, blah, blah. So I opened it, you know. And I was with this, with this guy that I called Chicago. He was my, my uh, L.A. homeless, you know, druggy hanger out guy, you know. And so I opened up the, the word of God and I read where he said, you know, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is true, making wise the simple. And I said, hey, Chicago, check this out. Listen to this. And a few days later, like three or four days later, he's like, hey, Soto, read that to me again, man, what you read the other day. And I couldn't find it because I didn't know the word of God. I didn't know. But I do know this. I read the whole New Testament trying to find that 
only to come to find out that it was in Psalm, you know, 19.7. And I'm like, dang, man, look at all this stuff that this says. And so God was already working on me. He was already fixing me before I even said, Lord, fix me. Before I even knew what the word Lord meant. So God, Jesus, he fixes us. In Mark chapter 2, he's teaching in a household and he tells this paralytic, hey, get up, pick up your mat, walk out of here, take off. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing. So everybody's like, oh, you can't, you, what, what do you do? They got all, you know, in an outburst and stuff. And like, well, what are you doing? He says, well, what's easier? What's easier to say? Get up, pick up your mat and walk to someone that hasn't walked in probably his whole lifetime? Or to say, hey, your sins are forgiven. See, there's no pulling punches with Jesus. You can't tell Jesus, hey, my circumstances is like this, but you said. And trust me when I say this, folks, trust me when I say this. I've said it recently. You said this. And then he tells me through scripture. Yeah, but I also said this. And this. And this. And this. And now tell me. Which of these here have you kept? And there's areas in my life where I can see. Lord, you know what? I've come short. I think I'm walking through that narrow gate. I think I'm with the rest of the people that we're, we're going through this narrow gate. But there's issues. And you can go through the narrow gate. That's fine. Go through it. But there's issues in our lives that we're still going to have to give an account. And he's going to say, what happened, you know? What happened on this day? What happened on this day? We're going to give an account. Isaiah 118 says, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. That's God speaking. And my Bible says that God is not a man that he should lie. So when will I see this? I don't know. It may be on my deathbed. It may be when I get to heaven. But right now, our job or my job is to try to live as diligently as possible. Obeying the word of God. Try to be truthful, not only to myself, but to others. And what he has given me, what he has, what he has gifted me with to be able to impart to the others. That's very important. Commit your life unto the Lord, Jesus says, in gratitude to what he will do for you. That's it, you know? We, we have to commit ourselves to the Lord in gratitude because, you know, we are to give things in all circumstances. Good, bad, indifferent, doesn't matter how I feel today, because feeling is a choice. We have the choice to feel, you know, curmudgeonly, you know, 
cantankerous and, uh, you know, I just, you know, I hate everybody. Or say, you know what, thank you, Lord. This is the day that you have made. Let me walk in it, you know, giving you glory and whatever the outcome. Oh, and by the way, you know what, Lord? If you can help my situation and give me peace, please do so. If you can give me direction, please do so. If you can give me enlightenment, please do so. Because we're getting ready to embark in another journey where we have to seek diligently your direction. Can you help us with that? Instead of saying, here we go again. You know, I knew it. Something about something about this situation. You know, it was in my. I, I just. I. I felt it. And look at here we are again. But God says, "I got everything under control. Go. Go show yourselves. And the cleansing will happen as you go on your journey." Father, I thank you so much that. Um, you give us a journey. You give us a command to go. You tell us to go. There's no examination. There's no, there's no lab work. There's no, here, take this pill and call me in the morning type of thing. You just tell us, go. Show yourselves. And Father, we thank you that through the walk and through the, through the command of going, you begin your cleansing in our lives. And Father, I just want to pray for the church in general, the church that is calling on to your name and yet acts and, and, and looks so worldly where, you know, all these things are coming into the church and we just don't, either we don't see it or we turn a blind eye to it. Father, I just pray that churches will start preaching conviction from the pulpit. We'll start preaching, Father God, that uh, there's a, there's a, a uh, newness of life, Father God, that there is um, just revival, Lord. That's what we need. We need revival within our hearts so that in turn we can just minister to those that are going through the same thing. Father, I pray for a miracle in my circumstance, in my life. I pray, Father God, that you will just give me direction and the uh, ability to endure and seek, Father God, your face wholeheartedly, Lord God. I pray for Joy Christian Center. I pray that uh, you will also give them direction as they uh, embark on a new uh, chapter and begin to speak as to what direction the church is going to go. Father, I ask that you bless it, that you just um, give it, Father God, the, uh, the uh, insight of how they are to respond as uh, elders, as believers, as members, as congregants, Father God, I ask that um, your Holy Spirit will be just inundated in this uh, area. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you guys for listening to me.